0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we talk with psychotherapist Elisa Stamps about gaslighting, healing, and doing the work. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. With me today, I will be having psychotherapist Elisa Stamps on our show, and she has written a book called The Gaslighting Recovery Journal, Prompts and Practices for Healing from Emotional Abuse. But before we get to our show... If you want to be a guest on our other show, our Survivor Story podcast, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com, top of the page. There's a button that says Guest Form." Click on that button, and away we will go from there if you want to be a guest on that show, and also at our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. We now have a community support button at the top of the page, and that takes you to our safe social network, and on our social network our safe social network we have episodes that have never made it to air we have uh, ad free episodes bonus episodes we have prompt books for our episodes for you to dig deeper and get more clarity we have support group meetings every wednesday and saturday we have our forums there where you can post anything you'd like and uh, every, what else do we got on there we have uh, the ability to uh Create your own events, meditations, closure ceremonies. So just come to NarcissistApocalypse.com, top of the page, press the community support button, and you'll make a ton of new friends in the process. So join our community today. Another way to get support is to go to DomesticShelters.org. So if you or someone you know are experiencing abuse, you are not alone. DomesticShelters.org offers an extensive library of articles and resources that can help you make sense of what you're experiencing. And you can connect with local resources and find ways to heal and move forward. So please do go to DomesticShelters.org to access this free resource. And speaking of other resources, other shows, our friend Carly Mayshock, has a show called Toxic Workplace. So if you are experiencing a toxic workplace, have stories of a toxic workplace, you know, you can be on the show, you can just listen to the show. Go to toxicworkplacepodcast.com, go listen to the show. It's a great show. Carly's an amazing host, great stories for people that are going through it. It's uh, all all I can say. It's fantastic. And if you want to be a guest on the show, they're always looking for stories over there. So please do go to ToxicWorkplacePodcast.com and listen to Carly's show today. And other things on this list. By the time you're hearing this, it will almost be Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And we will be running for domestic violence. We'll be doing a five-kilometer race minute race a five kilometer run on october 30th at 8 p.m eastern that's when i will be doing my run you can raise money for a a shelter of your choice an agency of your choice a person of your choice or just run for awareness we'll be using the hashtag uh, run for dv and i will be putting on tiktok my training working my way up. I got to do a lot of stretching as I said once before. I'm going to I started stretching the other day. It's it's ugly. So uh I'm getting old. So anyway, besides uh that, what do I have down here on our list? I think that is it for today. So uh, you're about to hear my episode with elisa stamps we had a a good conversation it's a really informative conversation we started off with gaslighting it it continues it's all gaslighting but you know we had a really interesting conversation throughout and it was a fun conversation it was a conversation i hope to continue with elisa on on a future episode because we got into a little bit of like the media and, and and things along those lines when it comes to gaslighting and and You know, I also talk about uh, myself during this, you know, I tell a a couple personal stories. So anyway, without further ado, here is my, oh, and last thing, last thing, all of the information from Elisa will be available in our show notes. And now without further ado, here is my episode with Elisa Stamps. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. With me today, we have Elisa Stamps. How are you?
1: I am great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. And for everyone who does not know Elisa, she is a psychotherapist, an MSS LCSW out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Your forte is therapy for adult children of narcissists. You are the author of the Gaslighting Recovery Journal, and you run virtual support groups worldwide for adult children of narcissists and also uh, people struggling with relationships as well, or no?
1: Yeah, usually that comes along with the territory, so definitely.
0: And gaslighting is one of your fortes. You just came out with your recovery journal, which is a workbook to help people through their issues and trying to recover and really get a sense of their lives and what is reality right now that maybe they have believed the lies they have been told, which is a huge problem, especially going forward in in life. And we'll get back to something uh that i want to relate it to after which has to do with confidence but uh you know right now let's just for everyone who is new to this or uh, is a friend of someone who is is dealing with this what is gaslighting because obviously this is a big word in today's uh society uh it's uh, it's everywhere so let's just start with the basics
1: Yes, and I thank you for asking this question because I think it's really important to define it correctly. <clears throat> so gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation. It's when a person seeks to sow seeds of doubt into their target, right? So um, it's done to make people question their own perception, their own memory, their sanity, and um, delegitimize the target's beliefs so that they really are dependent on the gaslighter.
0: So, what are the different types of gaslighting? Are there gaslighting types that are harder to see than others? what does it look like in a family? What does it look like in relationships? Uh, What does it look like in friendships or even in society? There's so many different parts here. I asked a lot of questions at the same time because that's what I do sometimes. And I apologize to everyone. I'm saying sorry because I'm Canadian. So (laughs) uh, let's just start up with the different types of gaslighting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, lying, misdirection, denial, contradiction, right? So, um... It's making somebody question their own thoughts, their own beliefs, and to really, you know, trick the targets into thinking they're not capable of functioning without the narcissist. So again, the narcissist, the target is relying on the narcissist for the correct version of reality. A really common uh, type is, is what's called splitting. So that's one that the narcissist uses a lot. It's when you're pitted against others. um, And, you know, you'll hear one variation here and one variation here. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. And it's to kind of isolate you from other people, other important people in your life. So it can happen in all types of settings, job settings, family settings, um, you know, clinical settings. The example I use in my book is like if you go out to dinner, let's say with your partner and you had the chicken and you remember having the chicken and your partner says, oh, well, no, no, you had fish, remember? Well, no, no, I'm pretty certain I had the chicken. Well, no, you had the fish and then you have, right? So then all of a sudden we're questioning self. Well, well, maybe I'm not, maybe I don't remember that correctly. And when those kinds of things are coming up for folks, I always say that's a red flag that something along the lines of gaslighting might be going on.
0: You know, it's a scary thing when you are really at that point questioning reality i mean you you've gone into really a twilight zone of not knowing what is up down left or right at that point especially when you're in it for so long and there is no compass anymore it's it's gone. It's been thrown away or broken. They, they stamped on it and you have been isolated. So it's hard to then talk to other people about what is going on. And this, you know, becomes a big issue. We've had a lot of people recently on our show, on our survivor story show in the family ones where they have zero compass because there is zero Uh, frame of reference for life so in a family does this stuff look a little bit different than uh, relationships uh, at all
1: I think it can have twinges of differences Um, you know perhaps some of the family secrets that uh, you know the child remembers one way the, the parents assure them that's not exactly how it happened or we don't do those kinds of things Um, you know, so it's to really suppress and control for sure the child, um, and it can just be very confusing. And then what can happen over time is that the child begins to, you know, I do a lot of work with folks with a modality called internal family systems where we get to know different parts of self and we go inside and we speak to the child parts. And a lot of times folks that come from that system have a part of self that is a gaslighting part of self. That makes them constantly question, you know, is this right? I'm feeling guilty, you know, all this stuff that's mixed in. And it's really hard when it's done from such an early age, where you don't know, you know, you don't know the truth of things. It's like I describe in my book, a fog that you just you can't make your way through to see your true self.
0: So when you get someone from a family situation, everyone always hears of, uh, you know, the scapegoat is the one that you'll you'll see. Do you get golden children there uh, in your in your situation? And what would be their biggest issue when they come in comparison to a scapegoat?
1: I think for a golden child, they're very used to being in alliance with the narcissist, with the gaslighter, and it can be heartbreaking to have to sever that. And when that is severed, then usually the golden child becomes the scapegoat. And that can be really devastating and has a lot of grief and loss wrapped up in it, for sure. Because they were the narcissist's, you know, pride and joy, for lack of a better way of saying it. And they've now fallen. And remembering that the gaslighter and the narcissist, I'm kind of using those words as one and the same, operate from a place of idealization Devaluation. So, if you've been the golden child and now you're trying to sever ties or you know go low contact, go no contact, you're now into that devaluation place.
0: And I, you kind of have to look at it in the way like it's the Matrix, where your your, your sibling might already be out. And they're in the real world. And then one day you kind of... You show up into the real world outside of the Matrix. And you hope that they embrace you, you know, in the real world. That they can come to um a... Not a perfect harmony, but an understanding at that point of what they both went through. And, uh, you know, that it was difficult for both of them. So both of them, I assume would, and we're going a little bit off of scriptive of gaslighting here, but I assume both of them, their biggest issue would maybe be, or at least the golden child identity issues.
1: Yeah, I think so because there's so much projection that happens, right? So, so, um, the gaslighter, the narcissist operate from this place of really not knowing their own emotional worlds and a lot of parts of self that they despise. So what they do is they project, I call it project, vomit it onto their target and then attack it. So we, again, you know, and I really see this as twinges of gaslighting in there. You don't know where you begin and the narcissist ends. So absolutely things, you know, a lot of times people that come to me and and in my own story too, I did not know my own likes or dislikes. I did not know my own feelings or emotions. It's so enmeshed. It's so intertwined. And can I just jump back to something regarding the scapegoat and golden child? Oh, yeah, go for it. Thank you. Um, I see a lot on social media. People are saying things like, well, it's the scapegoat knew what was going on, and that's why they're the scapegoat and not the golden child. And yes, maybe. But I will say it's not like the golden child doesn't necessarily know what's going on. They just have learned That if they want the love and affection and attention and validation from their narcissist, they have to play the game. So it's not that they don't necessarily know what's going on. They just have learned to maybe swallow a lot of things and just play the game and try to be what the narcissist wants of them. Does
0: that make sense It does because when you relate that to a relationship and you 're dealing with a uh, narcissistic or an abusive partner, you know at a certain point there 's self regulation going on you don 't want the rage and the, the the victim or the eventually the survivor in these cases, or you hope that they 're a survivor you know obviously this week has been really big with uh, the Gabby uh, petito uh, story. Yes, yes. So when it when it comes to those things, you don't want to see the rage and you're regulating yourself and in a, in a way, you know, a golden child might see how everyone has been treated That's and right. and say to themselves, "Hey, I'm going to do this because this protects me."
1: That's right. That's right. I call it sort of taking the temperature of the room, right? Because we know intuitively oh they're and i can you know i've learned just by the tone of someone's voice i don't even have to see them sometimes that something is off and then we chameleon ourselves accordingly Mm -hmm. we learn how to be again and exist in the environment to keep ourselves safe
0: well i should look into uh the golden if there's a uh a connection between golden children and specific types of Enneagram types?
1: Probably there totally is. I, I would bet there totally is. I wonder
0: if there is. I'm going to get someone on that case right now. Vienna, if you're if you're listening, this one's for you. So, so you know, gaslighting obviously can look the same kind of in, in friendships as well. And in the last, you know, Five, six years, gaslighting is a major part of society, part of uh politics, part of the news uh and the media every single day and you know, I think maybe we will get to it later if there is are ways to combat gaslighting in in the media and what you would do about that so I, I think we'll leave that a little bit till the end. So okay. just remember that one. So I guess what are the most common gaslighting phrases?
1: I'm gonna actually jump on what you said, okay. and I'm gonna give a phrase from a macro level. Does everybody remember the phrase "alternative facts"? Yes. Uh-huh. Huge gaslighting phrase, right? There is no such thing as an alternative fact. There are facts, and there are opinions. There are not alternative facts. That is gaslighting right there.
0: That was a big... That was a really big... I remember that. I think everyone will remember that for the rest of their life. Yeah. And for the people listening to the show that don't agree that alternative facts is are, are, are gaslighting, um, maybe you're listening to the wrong show. Yeah, maybe. So... Um. I I guess, what is an abuser trying to accomplish uh, when, uh, you know, gaslighting? Obviously, they're trying to make you question reality. But are there other things kind of going on that maybe they're trying to do?
1: I think there's some projection that's going on. Definitely manipulation. Um, You know, some other common phrases. Oh, I was only joking. Can't you take a joke, right? Perhaps they weren't joking. Perhaps they're just trying to convince you that they were joking to smooth it over, brush it under the rug. Um, You know, I think it's to, again, make us doubt our own reactions and emotions to things. If you're, you know, speaking to the Gabby case, she was quite emotional. And a lot of times that's what gaslighters will let you know, too, that you're too emotional, too sensitive. Right. When, in fact, again, it's all their stuff that's being placed onto the target.
0: And, you know, what, what are the best ways to kind of recognize gaslighting as it's going on and what are the best ways to respond to it?
1: Sure. Again, I would just say lean into when you're noticing questioning come up for yourself. Oh, well, maybe I did sound too loud. Maybe I really didn't remember it. Whenever you're noticing that, just really be mindful of that if you're able, or even if you can't do it in the moment, just reflecting on it after the fact. You know, they're saying this is the way it was, but that's not how, ooh, maybe there's some gaslighting going on here. Um, So if there's that questioning of self, and then I would say try to be as much as possible in your own authentic truth as you can, standing in your authentic truth truth. And, you know, saying things like, that is not the way I remember it. Thank you. Or however you need to kind of begin to place those boundaries around you so that, you know, the gaslighting doesn't penetrate through.
0: Yeah, I had um, issues with OCD stuff for a while, especially locks. And I, I don't have it really very much anymore at all, but during the height of it, I would get up in the middle of the night. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how many times to go lock my door and I would go and I'd come back and then I'd I'd say to myself, okay, did I lock my door? And I I just did it. And I'd go back and I did it until one time, uh, eventually after like the fifth or sixth time, I'd be like, when you close the lock of the door, say, I lock the door out loud.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. So I do yeah. So are, are, it's in, in the same vein when it comes to gaslighting. Yes. Are these the types of things where you would just like say it out loud or immediately after you do anything? Keep like the most uh, detailed journal of your day, even though it might just be so annoying that every second you're like, uh, when you're around this person, that this happened and that this happened and that this happened. Yeah. Is, is that one of the Obviously, the best ways is to read your own notes.
1: You know what? I think absolutely. Um, we don't want to take it to the extreme where it's all consuming, however. Yeah. But Yes, I think that's a great example. And, you know, I remember when I worked, um, you know, my first job in this field was working in an inpatient drug and alcohol facility. And I did work with folks that struggled with, um, you know, some sort of personality disorder. And sometimes what I absolutely needed to do was show them in no uncertain terms, here's where it says this, and this is what it is concretely. And just to make certain that they couldn't twist or manipulate or try to, you know, stretch the truth in any way. So sometimes we do need to offer those concrete examples, but I would, I love what you did with the locking of the door and it, that personally resonates also, um, just remembering our own truth. No, I, I locked that door. And then trusting in it. Trusting that our truth is the truth for us. Mm-hmm.
0: So you wrote a book. And first of all, congratulations. It's not easy to write a book.
1: Thanks. How- I'm still like, D- did I write a- I guess I wrote a book.
0: <laughs> you wrote a book and it is a gaslighting recovery journal. Yes. And so you discuss different kind of technique kind of. You discuss different techniques in there. So can you explain like how uh the workbook is effective and run us through some uh examples uh of how someone will use your book? And yeah. um just kind of let's go from there.
1: Sure, sure. So um you know it's a it is a journal, so it's full of some writing prompts some different exercises. Um, There's introductions to each section where I kind of focus on, you know, the theme of the section and offer, you know, little tidbits or whatever. Um, But I think the thing I tried to do was really make it sequential so that things built upon other things um, that it wasn't just, we were covering a topic and then leaving it alone. I really tried to make it so people could, you know, in chapter one, This is what we're doing, but we're going to come back to it in chapter three and then build upon it. So I see that as a really important way to, um, begin to learn and kind of get to know ourselves better. Uh, so that's, that's something that I think is really important. And I wanted to also make it kind of like in a way, like how 12 step programs are. You work the steps, you finish with your 12th step, and then you go back and start them again. And every time you're in a different place in your life. And that's my hope with this, too, is that, you know, you'll you'll complete the journal and then go back and reflect on it. See what changes have happened, what shifts have happened for you. Oh, here's an exercise. I'm going to do it again because I'm in a totally different place than when I started it. So that that's kind of my hope in the way it was organized, too.
0: And when... People are doing this, the Gaslighting Journal, is the purpose to, I guess, ground them back into uh, a sense of reality of what is real and what is not real? And are there other things besides that that the journal is uh, meant to do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, get to know your own reality, get to know your own authentic truth. So it's really to begin the healing process of this type of recovery because it's, it's a really, you know, I want people to understand too. It's a long process. There's no timeline for it. There is as much time as people need. And, and that's my hope with this journal as well.
0: And you know, when someone starts your journal, is it, you know, a lot of people want to do the work, right away i was one of those people it's like i you know when i started doing work on on just myself in general i mean i hit the ground running my my, my first my first therapist was like oh like you didn't need any motivation you were just going 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 and in a way that was great in, in one way but in another way i was going so fast that it was not great. There was no, I, in some ways I was learning a lot, but I wasn't feeling.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: So with your journal, is it one of those things where like, take your time. This isn't to be done in a day. This is like, you know, you were in your relationship or your childhood for 30 years. This isn't even a book to do in, in a month, you know, um, so when it comes to healing with gaslighting and, and things like that, uh, and things not being linear and you are and discussing the 12 step program, uh, is there not a specific way to heal, but if you have like words for people of, of what it is to do the work when healing, what can you, um, say about that?
1: Yeah. I, I thank you. This is a great question. You know, it looks, I would first and foremost say it looks really different for everybody. Some people are really in a place of readiness where they are, yeah, I came from a narcissistic family. I know this. I am ready to do work and to begin to heal it. Some people can't really even acknowledge yet that, you know, their parent was a narcissist and is something is off, but I'm not really sure. And, like, that's all okay. That's all okay to be where you are. And I hope that this journal meets people where they are. And, yes, take your time. There's no (laughs) medal. Nobody's giving out, like, a trophy for, oh, you're the number one recoverer from narcissistic. We're not getting that. The hope is that, you know, as we go through, and we have to go through, that's the other piece of it. It, And the work is going to feel really terrible at times. As well it should. That's how you know that change is afoot. But like honoring that, leaning into that, and when it is feeling intolerable, taking a moment, taking that breath, taking that break, putting the journal down, coming back to it. You know, use it as sort of an adjunct tool to other ways that people are seeking out support, I would say.
0: And also, for everyone who's listening, uh, the big words here that uh, Elisa said were meeting you where you are. And Alisa is uh, a therapist who meets you where you are. And there are a lot of therapists out there that are really solutions-focused right away who are not meeting people where they are at to even get them to a solution stage. So if if you're dealing with a therapist who's not meeting you where you are then i would suggest you know changing your your therapist or whoever you're dealing with to help you out with these issues and find someone that is is there for you where you are at at that specific time and you know when it comes to the in the aftermath of you know dealing with uh, these issues uh, someone might become their own abuser And start gaslighting themselves. So what does that look like? And how do you go about reversing that when that starts happening?
1: Yes, we really can. You know, I I said this a little earlier. We can become our own gaslighters. Because it was done to us, it's like second nature. The first step, and I'm a gestalt therapist, so I really appreciate approaching things from a place of curiosity and just helping guide folks into bringing things to their awareness.
0: So that that is a definition of gestalt therapy?
1: Is bringing things to awareness. Okay. Working in the here and now. It's, it's a, it had its heyday in the 70s, shall we say. <laughs> but I love it because I think it's just really real. And so awareness is the first key. Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't sound very kind to self or that doesn't match up with how I remember this, or, you know, however it is. And then the other modality that I use is internal family systems, or IFS. And what we can begin to do then is go in, get to know our own inner worlds, and talk to those parts of self, and really try to build this self-energy, this authentic self to part relationship and unblend with these parts that are just doing what they know how to do to protect us. But, you know, realizing we don't need it the same way anymore.
0: So let's talk about confidence and, you know, I guess a lot of gaslighting when you are, when you hit your bottom, you would be, you would have negative a hundred on every self, everything self confidence self worth you know self-esteem, self esteem self self acceptance is probably if you, you know obviously you can deal with self acceptance and then maybe everything will grow but when it comes to confidence it being a huge kind of step when you're dealing with let's say your groups or uh, you deal with like a 12 step group as well or 12 step process You know, what is a way for someone to gain a foundation of building confidence from, let's just go from negative 100 to negative 99. what, What is the first stepping stone of gaining confidence? Because to me, I came from a place of not like at one point, I think I was maybe confident and then it was gone. And it, I, I can remember the conversation I had with a friend of mine. I was living in Vancouver at the time. I had just moved out there. I had finished university and I was doing a specialized program while I was out there um, in, a, in like a vocational program. And I think at school I hadn't even started yet for this vocational program. And it was maybe like the fourth day I was there and I was on the phone with a friend that I had since I was nine years old. And I remember the end of the conversation. She's like, I don't know the person I'm talking to. Like where did that person come from? And it was the first moment I realized like, I don't have any confidence. I was questioning every decision I had and something along the way I've been able to trace it back of course, but uh, when I had zero confidence, it it took me at that point a solid, probably 15 years to finally get it. So where do you begin when that is the case?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, thank you for sharing your story. And I think it's so poignant. Um, The core belief when we have been emotionally abused by a gaslighter or a narcissist that we walk away with is that we're not good enough. And I would say beginning there, right? Like starting in that place of not good enough. And a lot of times too, we, we exactly, as you said, question every decision, can't make decisions or choices without needing validation or approval or whatever. And I would just say awareness around that noticing, wow. Okay. I just asked them how I should cut my hair. Let me just back it up for a minute and wait, how do I even want my hair to look? So beginning to know that we have our own agency, beginning to onboard our own autonomy and you know, it's important when we work with a therapist, too. I, I, will work, I work with a lot of clients that have come from this kind of background, and they will ask me things like, well, what do you think about that? How did that sound to you? And I know, I know what they're needing and doing, and I will really try to empower them to say, you know, well, actually, what do you think about that? And then reflect on, you had the answers in you all along. You have it in you all along. It's just been taken away. It's been robbed from us by the gaslighter purposely. And so just beginning again to arrive into that self and and going from there. It's going to take time though. It's not going to be overnight. But there is like a light at the end of the tunnel with this.
0: When I first started to get a little smidgen of confidence i started to do service work
1: yeah and, and
0: so service work gave me yeah you know, i'm like oh th- these people these people think i'm great <laughs> <laughs> and but one day i remember i was feeling really good and i was out with a good friend of mine and they're like well is that real self esteem what you're getting mm. is that real self worth because you're still getting it you're you know you're getting it from somewhere else it's not being der- driven uh from within you and that really confused me
1: right i get that
0: and at that point i didn't know what to think anymore and i'm like oh uh-huh so can you answer that question for me because <laughs> i'm still confused by it
1: i mean i get what they're saying that it's external validation. But let's maybe turn it into this idea of a mirror. Okay. Right? So somebody is just reflecting to you how they see you, how they value you. The hope is that we can then look at that mirror that's reflecting back at us and begin to start taking it in. So if it has to start there, like, I'm kind of okay with that as long as we can then begin to turn it into internal validation.
0: Okay. Because I guess the confusion that I had.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: And I understood my friend's point, which was yeah. if you had the service work taken away, do you still have that self-esteem still instilled inside of you? And I guess that was what he was trying to get at. It wasn't being done in a malicious sort of way at all.
1: Right, right, right.
0: It was just like he, w- he was concerned yeah. that I was putting all of my eggs into a basket and if that basket was taken away would i be back at square one again
1: i mean it's a good point i would say the hope is no Mm -hmm. the hope is we again can like take out some of those eggs and like and
0: then just you know really and and really instead of feeling it in a superficial kind of way really get it ingrained deeply into you and be like even when they're gone they're like oh People believe, I I believe, you know.
1: Yes. I I remember the first time I really felt like my voice was worth hearing. I was in grad school. I was sitting in a class and I was starting to speak up and offer my own opinion and my own thoughts, you know, in the class discussion. And it was the first time I was able to like take in that my voice mattered And and, and that I had something worthwhile to say. And my goodness, that was life changing.
0: I had well for me, I I I, I, don't, I won't tell the whole entire story, but for me it was more of a a family situation that was going on, and we were all uh, in a psychologist's office together, and most of my friends would be like Brandon doesn't stop talking, or at least is you know a life of what uh, what the the situation that I might be in. But around my family, I'm I'm, more, I'm quieter. And I wasn't saying anything in this room. And eventually the psychologist picks up on it and looks over at me and goes, everyone here is lying. You know the truth. <laughs> Tell me wow. the truth. And for me, that was like the comp that, that was a confidence builder. Of of being seen and being able to be heard for the first time and someone was going to listen, which doesn't happen for everyone, especially in a gaslighting situation because no, no one, not. no one's listening at all. And no. it's, it's a big thing being listened to. So uh, thank you for sharing your story there so we could t- to discuss that. So, you know, I guess let's just before we end off here, the thing that we were talking about at the beginning um which was we were going to bring back society into this. Uh, I forgot exactly what it was that we were going to discuss about it.
1: It is so much, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: because right now in my family, my mom cannot stop watching the news for the last five years, six years. She has not stopped watching news. She's angry all the time. She is just like... We're, we're Canadian. My mom's been in, in down in uh, Florida in some of the winters, and she's – with people she disagrees with, she doesn't even care. She just runs right up to them and <laughs> gets mad at them. I'm like, Mom, you can't do That's that. That's
1: one way to do it.
0: But she's been so sometimes driven up by the storm. And yeah. some things she's arguing about are true, and then there's some things she's arguing about that might not be true. But she's in this kind of storm uh, uh, of it, and she is a walking angry person. And walking in this, it's a it's a hard state to to be in. I'm like, you're being gaslit, like <laughs> like yeah. right now, like like you're like t- try not to react to this, but she, it's a she's finding it impossible, and and just please turn off the news just please turn off the news and this is one of like what i was kind of getting at like to walk around in a state where you're just being hit at every sense like it's not healthy to walk around angry i mean my mom is 78 years old you want her to live as long as possible and being angry all the time isn't going to help so um anyway i went off on a tangent everyone I apologize.
1: No, I mean, you bring up a really good point. So that's, and and anger is a very easily accessible emotion. It's the easiest to access. So people do it all the time. But I'm always curious, like, what's underneath that? You know, what is it? Is it fear? Is it hurt? Like, let's explore that too.
0: So before we end off our show, is there anything you want to add to uh, what we've been uh, talking about that we didn't get to?
1: I think I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. Um, I would just want people to know that they're they're not alone, um, and there's so many great resources like your show, and and a lot of other resources that are now surfacing around gaslighting, around narcissistic abuse, and um, I just hope people find their community so they don't feel they're alone in this fight anymore.
0: Well, thank you for being here today and everyone. you can reach elisa where?
1: So uh, my website is probably easiest. it's www stamps a l i s a s t a m p s dot com. And then you can always follow me on Instagram. I think it's at alisastamps.therapist.
0: I'll put it in the show notes. And for your book, uh, for the Gaslighting Recovery Journal, is that available on your website and at Amazon?
1: Yes, it's available on my website. You can go there. There's a little tab on the top that says my book, but it is for sale on Amazon. It's for sale Barnes and Noble. I'm not sure where else. I mean, are there any other... Do
0: Do you prefer people buy it straight from your website?
1: That would be great if they could.
0: Everyone, go buy her journal straight from her website, from Elisa's website. And also, if you need a therapist in Pennsylvania, give Elisa a call. And if you're looking for a virtual support group worldwide for this stuff, also get a hold of Elisa through her website. All of her information will be in our show notes. So a big thank you once again, Elisa, for being here and digging down deep on gaslighting. It's really appreciated from me and everyone in the community. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much. It was a delight to be here.
0: And for everyone listening from Alisa and I, we hope you have a good night.